to another episode of Just Jerry Live, Plotting Perspectives in Church Life with Todd Bryant. And Jeff Short. What is going on? Well, we're having weather here today. Really? We are. Got some snow and ice going on and likely to continue for the next little while anyway. We have been below freezing here a little bit. I noticed when I went out to feed the dogs that their their water bowl was frozen over. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No uh no other weather to go along with it though. Mm. Well that right there probably gets you on the news. Oh yeah, there's no bread or milk or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad down here. Uh, uh y'all suffering. All right, so the when we first started the podcast uh, a couple years ago, we did a couple of couple of episodes on preaching, but we have consistently gotten more questions on preaching than probably anything else that we've done. Is that fair? Uh, it's probably accurate. And I I recently got uh, a couple of questions from a guy that I have a ton of respect for and has been saved a long, long time. And and he asked some questions about the term sequential exposition, because we've obviously talked about expository preaching, and we've talked about sequential exposition. Those things aren't exactly synonymous. So how, how do you define sequential exposition? Well, and I also, just as we get started here, would add that we've participated in two different seminars talking a lot about expository preaching and it seems like we've gotten questions there or questions in relation to the seminar as well as what we've talked about on the podcast here so it seems like these are just pretty common questions that come up so uh seems like it'd be a pretty good idea to to try to talk about that so well so you you hit the break and you slowed me up and told me that I was getting into this too quickly. So that's okay. Um, (laughs) Seriously, both of those seminars are available on YouTube, SGB pastor teacher seminar. And if you want a full blown explanation of expository preaching, go to the first one that we did a couple of years ago and start with it. And I think there's tons of explanation there. Right. Fair enough. Okay, so, well, let's start with a definition of just expository preaching. I think that most of the time when you say expository preaching, guys think you mean sequential exposition. So let's just get this out of the way first. Define expositional preaching or expository preaching. Right. So expository preaching necessarily is preaching that involves exposition, uh, which just Really, exposition is just the explanation of a text in its original context. Uh, some sometimes you'll see people defining it in a, in a few different ways, but the real gist of it is just that it's it's just to explain a text or a passage in its original context. And so, expository oh. preaching is is preaching that is going to be based on based on the exposition of a text or texts so the in other words the points uh, points or point of the sermon is going to be 
points from the passages um, that are used. So we're preaching through, interestingly enough, sequentially. We are preaching through the book of Revelation right now. And a couple of weeks ago, I opened up to Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17, which is the message to the church at Pergamum. And I preached that one evening. So if I do that within the right context, accurately, no matter whether I do it within the scope of preaching through the book or I just do one standalone sermon almost as a topic, they're still both expository sermons. Is that fair? Absolutely. So how does expositional preaching differ from sequential exposition? Well, sequential exposition is just a term that refers to preaching. Sometimes it's it's called verse-by-verse verse preaching, um, and it can be it can be through a whole book, through a chapter. Uh, typically, we're talking about going through a whole book, and that just means you're going to start at chapter 1, verse 1, and you're going to work your way sequentially through each verse of that book until you come to the very last one. And so, uh, you know, I've recently finished um, a sequential expository series through the book of Acts, and I think that altogether came to like 86 messages. But, I, you know, again, just starting at chapter 1, verse 1, and going through verse by verse by verse all the way to the end of the book. Okay, so so in theory, now we're not I'm not suggesting this is what we prefer, but in theory a guy could be an expositor and not preach through books. Yes. So exposition in and of itself does not require a man to preach through a book, but when we talk about sequential exposition, we are talking about preaching from start to finish through a book. Right. Okay. So that seems to be where a lot of the misunderstanding comes down on that. We've put out a lot of information there, and I, I don't know how much more plain that can be, but I hope that helps some some folks. So here's some questions then. I believe sequential exposition is what should be the meat and potatoes of pulpit ministry. I think you believe that. But is it possible to preach every verse in a book without missing something? Well, when we talk, we're talking now about what you might say is how detailed the exposition is. So if you're going to go verse by verse, that means you're not going to skip. So sequential exposition, you know, first verse to the last verse, and you're going to you're going to touch every verse along the way. Um, if you're just, if you're just doing maybe a selective exposition, you might just choose certain passages within a book and work through them. Um, but as you're, as you're preaching each verse, um, you know, how detailed is, you know, is that something that's achievable? And I think the, sometimes the confusion that comes in there is thinking, that basically you're you're going to preach the whole Bible from every single verse as you work through a book, but actually, exposi what exposition requires, especially when you're doing it sequentially through a book, is that you're you're wanting to keep that verse explained in the context 
in its original setting. Now that doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, bring in other references or uh, maybe other where the words are used in other places to help explain it. But you're you're going to want to maintain that focus. Now I don't know that it's possible um, to ever preach and to say everything that that could be said <laughs> about a verse, but it certainly is possible. I think to do solid exposition where if someone listens to that then they have an understanding of the book as a whole they have an understanding of of some ways that that book fits in within the larger picture of the bible and they also are going to have some understanding of the flow of that book and you know what it means going passage by passage through it so i heard mark dever give this definition of expository preaching not too long back and it was when the main point of the sermon reflects the main point of that text being preached i think that's fair so if you're doing that as you preach through books no you're not going to preach the entire bible every time that you hit a text but the main point of your sermon should be the main point of that passage you're preaching within the context of its immediate context, maybe the chapter, its its more broad context, maybe the book, and then the, the overall biblical context. All of those things are important as you're preaching through a book and preaching passages, right? Certainly. Well, I, I, I agree. I, and I think, you know, if, if you go to a new church that isn't necessarily new, you know, they've never had expository preaching. They've certainly never had sequential expository preaching. Well, if you go to a church like that, you're probably not going to jump in and preach the next 17 years through the book of Romans. Right. You're not going to dig as much maybe as you might would some other time. So I think that the, the audience may tell you how deep that you're going to have to go to. Um, so, you know, I've heard it defined as just a style of preaching. Okay, so you... You believe in exposition. Well, that's a great way to preach, but it's not the only way to preach. Is that, is it just a style? Yeah, I think this is an area where there is some confusion because some people seem to think that it is a style issue, um, but it, it really has nothing to do with style. In fact, um, you know, like I said, I preach through the book of Acts. Another pastor friend, um, Jason Schultz, who's a couple hours north of me here, he's he's currently preaching through the book of Acts. He started it a little after I did. And if you listen to my sermons and you listen to his sermon series, you're going to notice a very, very different styles uh, as far as preaching the, the delivery. And uh, you're going to notice very different styles. But both of those series are sequential exposition. So exposition is, is not saying anything at all about the style of the sermon. It, it's simply talking about what the backbone of the sermon is. Um, where, in other words, what is, what is the real substance of this sermon? Where is it coming from? Uh, and it should be built on exposition, and then we would consider that an expository sermon but again, styles, you know, they, they differ from preacher to preacher. Back to our definition then, you know, of expository preaching where we started at the beginning of this uh, podcast. So if, if exposition is just a style, 
and we are defining it as rightly preaching the Bible in context, what would the other style then be? Preaching the Bible out of context. So, so, right. so again, nobody believes that it's, it's a style unless they just misunderstand the term. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. So are, are men required to preach in sequential exposition? Are we required to preach through books all the time, predominantly? What, what do you think? Well, the use of that word required is, is tough because obviously we don't have, we don't have a rule given to us in the Bible telling us to preach through books and we're not trying to make we're not trying to make this into some sort of a legalistic um sort of practice or or procedure um but really it's it's comes about more from the standpoint of what is it that a pastor is required to do well the simplest place to go is there in i believe it's second timothy 4 where paul told timothy preach the word and by that he obviously means all of it um he had just talked about how that all scripture was given by inspiration and how that it was profitable um preach that word preach all of it and so that's that's the mandate that we have so as a pastor let's say you preach for 20 30 40 years whatever that it might be you, you really i would think that your goal would be to preach every verse of the bible um you know by the time that you're through now you, you may not reach that um and i don't i don't think we're unfaithful if we don't but if we're preaching through the bible uh and through different parts of the bible then then we are preaching the whole counsel of god so is that required um you know i don't think we could say it's required i think exposition is absolutely required because as a preacher, you've got nothing. I've got nothing else to say. You know, I, I mean, anything else is just going to be a statement. It's just going to be my opinion or my thoughts. Um, so anytime I, I get in the pulpit, it better be based on exposition, you know, better, you know, accurate explanation of the Bible in, it, in its original context. Now, preaching through books it, for one thing, it's the way that God gave us the Bible. You know, God didn't didn't give us a collection of topics. He didn't give us a, a collection of definitions. He didn't give us, um, you know, a collection of one-liners. You know, sometimes you see these books that are famous quotes, like, and they might be organized by subject sometimes. So here's quotes that famous people in history have said about this. Um, but that's not how we got the Bible at all. God gave us the Bible as one book consisting of 66 separate books, um, but it's all the same story. And so really, I don't see how else uh, or how better you're going to preach that word than by, uh, I think, a major part of your preaching being the preaching through books. Well, you know, Paul, told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, you know, until I come, until Paul gets to Ephesus, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. In other words, read the text and then explain it to the people. That is exposition. And that's what he told Timothy to do. I can't fathom 
Paul writing a letter to the church at Ephesus and them unrolling the scroll, going about three quarters of a way down, reading one line, closing it up, and then talking about it. That just seems so foreign to me. They would have opened it up. They would have read it in its entirety, and they would have explained it. You know, and that just seems so logical. Right. So is... Is topical preaching then wrong? I mean, what about topical preaching? Because that's what we always hear. I always hear if I'm talking to someone about exposition. Yeah, I like exposition, but, you know, good topical preaching is great, too. Is that is that not missing the point of the right definition of exposition? I, I know you mentioned Jason Schultz, good friend of both of ours, but at, at the seminar that we did a few years ago, Jason said we should be expository all the time and topical sometimes. Right. So it's okay to preach topical sermons, but they still should be explaining texts of Scripture in their original context. Absolutely. And that's, you know, a topic, you know, I think it was uh, John Broadus that, that said, anytime that you get up in the pulpit and you read a text, and then you preach or talk or whatever you do, basically the the hearers have the impression that what you're saying comes from that text. And, you know, he one of the things he said in his in his book on the preparation delivery of sermons, that if you have a topic to preach, you know, for which there's no text, then either don't read one before you start, or better you know, pre, pre, preach it, preach from a text basically. Um, and I'm kind of butchering that quotation, but, uh, nevertheless, you know, topics, you know, there's topical series that are, are necessary and needful. Um, usually with a topical series, what you're wanting to do is you're, you're wanting to focus on a subject and usually not from just one passage necessarily. Um, usually you're going to bring maybe a number of of passages together to bear on that subject. But at the same time, what you're saying about it is going to have to come from solid exposition of those passages because otherwise you're very likely taking them out of context. Yeah, you you said something that I think is key. If if you're going to preach a topical sermon, still should be exposition of those passages, but it should be bringing several passages together where I fear what often happens in topical preaching is bringing together a few phrases out of a few verses together. There's no real right. explanation of those passages in their context at all. And probably what we all have a tendency to do when we first start preaching is to just grab keywords and hope right. that we're not using it out of context. But if you stick to preaching whole passages of Scripture— the likelihood you use a passage wrong is a whole lot less likely. And by the way, if you can't find a passage that deals with your topic, you may want to find another topic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the the Bible deals with major topics in major sections. You know, if you have to string along, you know, just a th- four or five phrases from various places that have nothing to do with the actual context, your topic's probably a bad topic. Find something else to preach. But you, so, okay, so I think we've 
handled a few things here. One of the things that I've heard recently, I don't know if you have, but we don't we don't always hear the same thing, is that expository preaching is just a new fad. It's just the new kid on the block. And it'll it'll go away and we'll get back to preaching topically. You know, it's it's just something that's that's happening right now. It's like, you know, uh, bell-bottom jeans. They're, they came in, they're going out. True or Wow. Wow, you're, you're old enough to remember bell-bottom jeans, huh? Wow. I knew you was I, older I, than I me, heard, but I didn't I realize you were that much older than me. <laughs> we always have to do this little touch on my age uh, every <laughs> single episode. Okay, so well, I'm just trying to respect my elders. Okay, so let me just ask it this way: Expository preaching is a new fad, true or false? That's false, and it's really it's just based on a a, a faulty understanding. And if you start reading on the history of preaching, which I have read a couple of books on the history of preaching, if you get back far enough. If you would have asked a preacher, and, I, and I'm when I say far enough, let's say, let's say you get back, you know, maybe at least several hundred years from today, and you ask a preacher, "Do you preach expository sermons or topical sermons?" He wouldn't have had any idea what you were talking about. Um, historically, there was just preaching, and what preaching was was taking lengthy passages of Scripture and explaining them in their context and applying them to the people. And that, that's just all you find. So in our modern day, you know, we've got all these different ideas of types and styles of sermons, but that's something that that in and of itself is what is relatively new. Um, but as far as the idea of the exposition of Scripture being a new fad, um, that's, that's just not true. Really. That, that was all that was known, um, for many centuries, uh, from the beginning of the church in the, in the first century. And it's really just been in the last several hundred years that we've developed the idea of all these different types of sermons and, and, and all of that sort of thing. So, um, John Broadus has a book on the history of preaching. Uh, J.W. Alexander has, um, has a book on the the history of preaching. Well, it's not specifically on the history of preaching, but he had, covers it in in a section there. Uh, and so those are very interesting reads. So no, it's not a new fad. Now, having said that, uh, it is true that the word has become something of a of a buzzword today, and I hear a lot of people using it and, and a lot of people talking about exposition or, or expository sermons. And you listen to it, and they're they're not exposition at all, um, because they're they're not explaining the passage in its context. They're just they're just simply using it, I think, because maybe it's a good sounding phrase. So there is a there it is it is kind of popular today to say I'm an expository preacher, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the, <laughs> that the person is. I think we take for granted that things have always been just like they are right now. We think that. Right. So so back in the year 900, would a pastor have gotten into the pulpit and said, okay, everybody open up to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm going to preach a sermon on this verse? Is that even possible that that happened back then? 
No, I mean, not according to any of the the history that I've read. Um, in fact, John Broadus uh, talked about that, especially that the idea of preaching on a topic or even preaching from just a verse or two or a phrase out of a verse. I mean, that was just virtually unknown for many, many centuries uh, from the start of the church. One of the one of the points that I'm driving home too is a point that I, I've heard you make before that the chap the chapter and verse divisions in our modern Bible today just weren't there. So it, if a guy's going to preach a book, and of course there were times that most of the people in the audience didn't have a you know copy themselves, but if a guy's going to preach a book, he's just going to start at the beginning and preach through a book. He he doesn't. He's not going to tell people to open up to a chapter and verse because they didn't have chapters and verses. Right. Yeah. Now, chapters and verses are, they are very useful. Um, they're very helpful for reference. But at the same time, I, I think in some ways they've probably hurt us because it, it does give us, it does give us the, the feeling that the Bible is more just a reference book. Um, like it, like it's a, that book of one-liners, like you were talking right. about earlier, and you know that's why, like Jeremiah twenty-nine and eleven is is the most popular verse, as I understand. It's overtaken John three sixteen today. You know the plans that I have for you, which the, the uh, thing about it is that's talking about Israel and right. the future that God has for them. It has nothing to do with the modern day person getting rich and being healthy, wealthy, and wise. So, or you would hope that they'd be wise, but usually if they're seeking health and wealth, they're not. Okay. Not to get on Joel Osteen, but there it was. So, <laughs> so we, I think we've dealt pretty well with the benefits of sequential exposition. Why is it important to the person sitting in the pew? That's that's a viewpoint we don't often think about. We just we just argue as pastors, we just argue about it from the pastoral point of view, but why does it matter to the person in the pew? Well, so a, a pastor or an elder is someone who is a member of the church and they have been recognized by the church as having sufficient gifts of teaching and having sufficient testimony of character to hold that office. And so they have been set aside to dedicate themselves to the study and the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. So not all church members can or are, you know, studying uh, the Bible the way that the pastors and elders are or at least should be. They're supposed to be giving themselves to it. So when a, when a church calls a pastor, they, they're, calling, they're calling a Bible teacher. Um, they're calling someone to teach them the Word of God. And so as a, as a person in the pew, that's, that's what you want to be getting. You don't want his opinions on gun rights and political positions and things going on in the government and the, you know, all the, maybe even his favorite restaurant. I, I mean, it is, it's almost insane sometimes to think about the things that men talk about when they get up in the pulpit instead of preaching the word of God. Amen. So you, you want to learn the Bible. You want to know what God has said and how that, that can apply in your life. You want to be able to be faithful. You, you, you know, you need to, 
Um, you need to have your faith built up. And one of the means of doing that is through um, the pastors and teachers that uh, Christ has given his churches. So it is extremely important um, because on the one hand, you you need to know the whole Bible. And if if a preacher is only ever preaching topically, he's just not going to preach the whole Bible. Um, you're you're going to miss a lot. And you're just your understanding is going to have holes in it as well. So uh, it, it is important because we're supposed to be living daily on the word of God, even more so than our daily bread. Um, and, and a big part of that is the teaching and preaching ministry of the local church. So in, after a year of sitting in a pew, if you've heard 52 verses read to begin a, uh, I don't know what the right word to use is, uh, a rant may be correct in some places, but that's not fair for everybody, obviously. But just to begin a talk. So, so there's 52 verses read to begin a talk, and the pastor just talks about various things that may or may not be related to that verse which he may or may not be taking out of context, 52 random verses over the year, or you've sat in a pew where a guy has preached through the gospel of Mark or something. Is there any doubt that you're just in a much better position as a, as a member of a church if you've actually learned a complete book in that time? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just a, it's a healthier teaching that is means that you're being fed a healthier diet. I completely agree. So we're committed to sequential exposition for the most part. That doesn't mean that's everything we do. I know it's not everything you do and are doing. It is the right. vast majority of what we do here. But let's just run back through this real quickly. So exposition means explaining the text rightly in its original context, and then I would add, and then applying it to the audience. Right. It does not mean preaching through books. It just means preaching the Bible in context accurately. Right. Sequential exposition means that in addition to starting at chapter one, verse one, and te- preaching till you get rid of the book, or get through, get through with the book. <laughs> Get rid of the book. They may have some people feeling that way. We've been in Luke for about 100 sermons now, so there may be some people feeling that way right now. It's not possible to preach through a book and without missing something. We're human, but the goal is that we bring out the main thoughts in the passage, not to preach the whole Bible from every verse. It's, It's not just a style of preaching. It's accurately preaching the Bible, exposition, that is. Um, it, are, is there anything you want to add to, to those explanations there that I think that we I think we did okay? Well, I think you touched on one thing there I would like to uh, mention, and that was when you were talking about application. And the importance for that is, and a lot of people, you know, they come into a church service, so they come in, they sit down, and, you know, they're, they're most interested in application. You know, they're, they're wanting to know, Maybe they've got a problem in their life. They're looking for an answer, whatever that it is. But you can't, you can't get to proper application until you've had exposition. You, you, we have to have exposition of what God has said. We, we have to find his meaning in what he has said, that original contextual meaning. 
And once we have that, then we can have proper application um, to our, you know, the context of our life. But if you try to just immediately go to application, you're actually, uh, you're, you're missing it because it's not, it's not going to be authoritatively from God's word. Uh, and, and very likely what you're going to be getting is going to be a lot of preacher's opinion rather than what the Bible says. As you said earlier, I have nothing of value to add, especially authoritatively, if I'm not basing what I say on the Scripture and drawing it out of the Scripture. Absolutely. You got anything else? No, we've probably kept these good people long enough. Well, I'm sure there are people that wish we'd go on for a little while. Well, if we go on for another 30 minutes or so, we'll be about the length of one of your sermons. So Every time. Every time. And you know, the positive thing is I've got three members that are probably listening to this and they're probably thinking, wow, this is less than one of Todd's sermons. (laughs) Hope everybody has a great day. Hope that you've enjoyed this edition of Just Jerry Live, Plotting Perspectives with Todd and Jeff as we look at church life. Have a great day.